Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up, what up? What's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 22 of the FIGHT podcast. Podcast. I am your host as always, Serge Vicente, and welcome uh, to the Combat Sports and Culture Podcast. Uh, this week we have a fantastic show for you. Uh, we recap this weekend's UFC Fight Night Boise. Uh, it was a great card out there, um, but we will also break down the return of Pac-Man, Manny Pacquiao, uh, with his first KO since, get this, 2009 whoa uh we're also going to talk about bellator's new welterweight tournament and does dana white need to stay off of ig and for that matter all social media (laughs) Uh, we're gonna also break down this week's ufc fight night and we have another exclusive interview with top mma bantamweight prospect raytheon super stats i'll introduce a new prospect alert and fighter focus as well as our ig story poll results and my hot takes of the week remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente and support the show by checking me out on the website www.thefightpodcast.com and support the show by checking me out on... um, iTunes and SoundCloud. Remember, subscribe, listen, rate, and share. And also, if you're on our website, purchase merch today. We have awesome hoodies, champion hoodies, champion brand tees donned with the uh, Fight Podcast logo. Really, really dope stuff. Get them before they're sold out. All right, we're back. It's another week here, the Fight Podcast, and uh, I'm actually here on a pretty rainy, dreary, ugly day here in Chicago um, at our Chicago studios. It has been really like it felt like summertime. Summertime finally made it. And it felt as if summertime is finally here. And look, just because it's a little rainy, it still feels like summer. All of the Chicago activities are still cracking. Um, Festivals everywhere. And uh, can't stunt. I'll be out there this weekend getting my festival on as well. Um, But 
This week was smooth. Um, Sage Eats, uh, I was actually... Um, well, you know what? Let me start off by saying this. Uh, Sage's is our sponsor to our show, but a lot of you do not know. Uh, I am actually the owner of Sage Eats. Uh, Sage Eats is a healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. And um, I got the idea, um, honestly, for my girlfriend. I was, um, I graduated from culinary school um, worked in a restaurant for, uh, for a while. And it was funny because I was working at a restaurant and then training, um, MMA and kickboxing at night. So I pretty much, um, all day I'd, you know, work prep. And then, um, I'd end up taking off and going to the kitchen and hustling there, or not the kitchen, the gym. After about a year and a half of doing that, I started training, um, as a strength coach full time. Stopped working in the kitchen, kind of hated that grind. Um, so I started uh, training clients. Um, a couple years into that, uh, I met my girlfriend and she said, bruh, you have all of this experience. You can cook, you're a chef, but you're also a nutritionist and a certified strength and conditioning coach. She said, why are you working for the man? <laughs> and Yo, I could not give her a good reason. So um, from there on out, she and I uh, started developing Sage Eats. Um, but this past weekend, and that's just a little bit uh, on Sage Eats and kind of how uh, we started the company. Um, organic foods uh, delivered directly to our client's home or office here in Chicago. And you know how it is. We definitely cater towards busy professionals. Um, but uh, we work with a lot of gyms in the area. Um, so uh, this past week, um, Sagey's had an event at a, at a gym opening, um, actually at the Pro Fitness and Training Academy for athletes and adults right here in Pilsen area, uh, the Pilsen neighborhood of Chicago. Um, I want to give a shout out to the owner and head coach, uh, Derek Baker, um, and as well, uh, his business partner, Jim, um, who allowed us to come in and um, give out uh, samples. And we also work um, with the, uh, the, the facility there in the academy. We are the, uh, the home uh, meal prep um, company. So big shout out to them. Um, please, if you guys had, and this isn't even a, a plug or anything, but uh, you guys, if you are in the Chicago area, you should 100% check out Pro Fitness and Training Academy for athletes and adults. Um, it's in Pilsen, really some of the best training you'll find. But uh, yo, we went out there, we handed out some, some samples uh, to the clients. Um, they had free classes. It was a great time. Music was was incredible. Uh, they had this super dope artist who actually made the mural in the facility um, doing they had like a raffle and they had the, the artist making something as well. So it was a super dope event. Uh, salute to uh, to the gym and everybody involved and um, my clients uh, who who are trained in that gym as well. So check them out. Salute to those gentlemen. And uh, yo, that is exactly um, how the week is gone uh, aside from that it's been real smooth here in chicago and uh you know what that's enough about me let's go ahead and jump into it wow that was such an epic fail that is definitely not what i was trying to do but yeah <laughs> 
All right. So this week, like I was telling you, we have an incredible show. Um, I had the pleasure this week of speaking with Raytheon Super Stotts, who is one of MMA's top young prospects. You're going to love this interview. I know it was so fun for me to do. We spoke about the grind of camp to going ahead and being trained and mentored by some of the greatest minds in MMA history. Um, Once you guys get a chance to listen to it, you will see that Raytheon Stotts has been trained by what I can only call the Jedi Council of MMA. Um, So for those of us who don't know, Supa is 9-1. He's a bantamweight prospect who is an explosive finisher. And... About as well-rounded as you're going to get for a fighter. Um, He's a great dude, and I hope you enjoy my interview with Raytheon Super Stats here exclusively on The Fight Podcast. We're going to go ahead and bless you with the air horns the real way now. Cool. You hear me all right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. How you doing? Good, bruh. First and foremost, man, how's your foot doing, man? You know, my foot is all healed up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> all healed up. That's what's up, bruh. I was, uh... Yeah, man, wait. I got... Man, I had to get 13 stitches in that mug. You uh, serious? Yeah. Yeah, it's all healed up now. I took the stitches out, uh, actually a couple days ago, so... Oh, man. Well, all right, man. I'm I'm glad that uh, that that's all good for you, bro. I, I know uh, when we spoke for that like minute and a half last time. Right. <laughs> I was going through it, bro. I was going through it, dude. I saw your face. You 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 like you're all quiet and like chill, and you're like, yeah, hey, man, yeah, I'm at the uh, you know, <laughs> I'm at the emergency room. I'm like, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. The webbing between my um between my toes, so I must have kicked somebody's shin. Yeah. And then my toes like must have split the shin. Oh, and uh man. the webbing between the toes split open. Right. It's weird. Oh dude. I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. That that had to can you see me still my bad? Yep, yep, I see. Okay, cool. Yeah man, uh dude I've never I know I've hurt my foot like kicking like you know you someone checks in like I've caught an elbow yeah. before and e- even with shin pads on it sucks. Yeah, you know, but uh, to actually clip it and actually cutting it between the webbing, oh my god, bro! Yeah, I just can't think weird. of the way it, like, the feeling of it healing it would just right. Suck. And then getting it, getting the stitches in there, it was just weird. Oh, it man. was weird. Which they numbed it up. I ain't really like I thought it would would hurt a lot worse than it did, but it was it was cool. And even when I when I heard it, it didn't. Yeah. Like I felt like you know how when you kick an elbow or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it's, it it hurts for a little bit, but the pain subsides. Right. That's kind of how I felt, and I I was getting ready to do a, uh, another round, and uh, my coach was like, "Yeah, no, nah, you probably should sit out." And I was like, "What?" But I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't really see it, so dude, it was it was pretty deep. Well, man, I, I, I'm glad you uh, that healed up for you, man. Because uh, I, I know, man, it, it, for me, I can't stop, man. I think that's why I stopped trying to compete, man. I can't even, like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not about that life anymore, man. I can't right. even do it, man. So something I, bad get happened or something bad happened, you're like, you know what? Am I really ready for that? Yeah, I was like, why am I doing like this? this? <laughs> Physical pain? I don't know. I'm telling you, man. Well, yo, first and foremost, man, I want to start with, obviously, thank you so much for joining me, man. Like, oh, I no really problem, appreciate man. it. Um, 
Like I said, I started paying attention to your career, honestly, right before you were on, like, I remember the the whole, like, Dana White looking for a fight thing, right? Yep. Yes, and, sir. Yes, uh, sir. And, dude, you're a beast. Like, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even saying it because you're here, like, seriously, yeah. man. I, right. I truly uh, enjoy your, your style. And, um, it, man. yeah, it. man. Yeah, you, you guys, I mean, that camp, and if you don't mind, man, like, could you think, what is it that makes Team Roof is so special? Man, it's um, the group of guys and also the coaching, man. This um, coach, coach Duke is is somebody who's really invested. Right. Um, he's invested into this team and he's invested to this uh, program that he set up. And and he he is a um, he's he's an inspirational guy. He's a very technical guy. He's he's the um, he's the backbone of the uh, the program. And then the guys, you know, we got really good guys like a, like quality quality people you know yeah and, um i think when i first started fighting you know uh when people think about fighters they think about um um what you call it, like kind of the scum of the earth people just you know <laughs> just just you know ready to you know uh kill which right. which we are but we we kind of have to train that because a lot of us are fathers a lot of us are you know good you know just good people so dude and i'm i'm so happy you said that man because um the one of the main reasons why I even started this show, and I've, I've said this in a couple of the interviews, but is because I'm really tired for well, a couple of things. One, there is no like representation with black and brown folks in sports media. So yeah. <laughs> all of us are the ones competing. But, you know, we have, yeah. you know, some old stud out here who's never been in the cage and never been in the ring talking about these athletes right yep so yes, sir. for me that was just infuriating as it could be you know i'm like dude yeah. this is trash like granted i'm not competing anymore but like these guys it's are somebody yeah. you know somebody but at the same time we're always and i still say we because i you know I, I feel like it's what once you've competed you always feel what, as exactly. if it's you like know, exactly yeah yes, it's yes, like sir. i've been in there i know what it is i, I will never like uh, even uh, pretend to be like i'm at the, like the level of yourself or guys who've actually been in there and actually competed at but that you, level exactly you you felt it you know i mean i respect it that much more you know what yeah, i'm saying yes, because yes, i just sir. understand you been like you've been in the water. You you can't tell a swimmer, you know, uh, what to do unless you've been in the heat that he's swimming, or you know, or, or anything, up. you know. Yo, I can't. It's, it's, I a, can't it's tell. a different thing from watching it, watching it, and doing it. And I say swimming because swimming is hard as hell for me. And to get, Dude, me to we, even get across the pool, then I watch these people like break records and stuff. I'm like, man, y'all are fucking amazing, bro. I, mean, I look at Michael Phelps. I look at Michael Phelps and I'm like, I have no idea how you dog, you, you do this. Dog, I can't even. I can't even. Man. <laughs> I know you a you a beast, bro. Straight you up, man. But dude, but like with that, and also I want to. So I, I, the way I look at it, I want to show the sophistication of the individuals. We're not all meatheads. Fighters aren't all you know these these type of guys. Right. And like you said, right. there are fathers. There are guys who you know adopt kids. There are people who give to the community. Right. You know, um, right. doing different things. I mean. Dude, I mean, even guys, like you said, at your camp that that is like yeah. you know, people talk about people talk about like and granted, obviously, I don't know these gentlemen, but they talk about what like Pettis does in the community, which I've heard of. And I heard he does like all kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. So, all time, type of philanthropy, um, mm -hmm. giving back to the youth and, um, you know, uh, underprivileged, um, you know, starting up uh uh, foundations and fundraisers for you know yeah all type of stuff he does that's dope He's man so for yourself man is there anything like that that you are interested in or you already uh help out with or do anything well i think um uh, one thing that uh i've 
kind of been drawn to um, is like youth youth wrestling, which I feel like I owe the sport of wrestling um, a lot because I feel like that's the reason um, I made it um, out of the situation I was in uh, right. was the sport of wrestling and um, the values that it taught me along with, you know, I had a good mother that taught me some good values too. Um, but yeah, as a there you group, go, mom, I appreciate that. The mom shout out. And I feel like you say what? I said the mom shout out. I love it. I love gotta it. Gotta give my mom a shout out. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and um, I feel like it, it helped groom me into a man. So I've been doing, you know, I, I help coach at um, Askren Wrestling Academy. Okay. And also um, do the, I get, well, I'm the head coach at uh, Rufus Sport for the wrestling. And um, yeah, I'm, I feel I feel drawn to like helping kids, you know, if, they, if they're if they interested in wrestling and, and being better at it. Because I, I feel like it's an awesome sport. Uh, it teaches uh, humility and and hard work and perseverance and, and those uh, good good qualities. So, dude, that's awesome, that's something man. I'm drawn to. That's great, man. I, I and I don't think enough people are given credit for those type of things. And just the fact that you're out there, and dude, d- the fact that you're someone who is obviously you're a role model to the kids. So you're working with them. They're doing, and then they see you being able to implement the 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 the, the yep. lessons. And being able to do that, man, I, I love that. Um, for yourself, man, what have you, is there, has there been anything in your journey? For instance, like all of us have different things where we feel as if like we've fallen on our face and we've had to pick ourselves up. For yourself, what are one of those things that you really have felt like, yo, this was a failure, a setback that I've had, but you know, it has made me better and you've rebounded. How have you been to pick yourself up? Um, well, probably that looking for a fight fight. I mean, um, like before that, like you said, I was, I wasn't like getting like big headed, but I was getting to the point where I was like, okay, I'm gonna just go through the motions and, um, you know, come out on top. Like, I'm not, I'm like, I wasn't like there mentally. I was just like, okay, this is another step, you know, and to, to get to where I need to get like this, this kid's not better than me, but, um, you know, this, this sport is a humbling sport. And, um, you know, if you're not, <laughs> if you're not firing all cylinders or you're not at least ready to, um, ready to be in there and, and, and be present. Oh, Oh, got hit a bump here in the road. But, um, if you're not ready to be in there and be present, you know, it'll teach you a lesson. And I mean, that's a lesson that I learned that last fight. And I wouldn't say I necessarily had to like pick my, myself up. Um, because I mean, I've, I've experienced loss before. I mean, uh, I was like, I was undefeated, you know, um, I guess technically as a professional, but okay. you know, I've t- taken losses in the damn taking losses in wrestling. You know, I'm, I'm, it's nothing new to me, you know, but, right. um, but it definitely, it definitely did, you know, light it, light, light that fire back under me, you know, and, um, which I'm grateful for. That's what's so. up, man. Yo, wrestling really, and I found specifically with wrestlers, you guys are accustomed to like the ebbs and flows of the sport. And it seems like in even people who have done like something as simple as like high school wrestling seem like they're just more resilient people. Because of the the lessons I that like, I learned in the, I feel on like the mats, too, because it's because so one of the reasons I, I started wrestling, um, well I started wrestling, um, I think originally I started because I just wanted to you know kind of slam slam kids and it, I thought it was fun, <laughs> um, but up. then um, I, I kind of like wrestling because I was playing football before and I played team sports. When you um, when you play like an individual sports like. Uh, all the good and all the bad, you have to take it all. You know, if you lose, then it's all on you. Like, you're the one out there. You're the one, you know, um, if, a, if a play is missed or uh, something was supposed to be done, you're responsible. Um, right. So I like that aspect of it. And I feel like that's that's a, a lot of the way, um, I mean, MMA. I mean, every all eyes are on you 
um, you know, the coaches and everybody help you, but ultimately you have to go out there and perform. Um, you got to perform every every time you step out there, and uh, you can't rely on past performances, and you can't rely on uh, past coaching and nothing like that. So I think that's why wrestlers a lot of are uh, or or adapt well to the yeah the flow of the flow of MMA. Right. Um, right. So that's I mean I, I believe. No, uh, dude, I'm I'm 100% with you, man. I, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. definitely one of those things, man. Um, so you you definitely uh recently had a fight scheduled on june 1st and it was rescheduled do you have anything coming up soon do you have on the books yeah um i'm i'm uh now in talks with lfa to try to get something scheduled we just having a kind of a tough go at uh yeah. finding something we should, we should be having something soon you know they said they're looking for matches matchups you know um absolutely some some yeah some fights uh fall through or whatever but you know i guess that's a part of the game um just, just looking now. Absolutely. You know? And I mean, it was kind of nice because um, I did have, I just had a son, you know, and um, congratulations, you know, I, dude. It, it's good to like spend time with him, you know. So and and not saying I won't spend any time with him, but I'll definitely spend less time uh, with him when I have when I'm in fight camp and I'm and I'm training for a fight. Right. Um. But yeah. Um. So hopefully soon. Hopefully real soon. I'll get. I'll get some news. You That's know, so they're talks with him now. They just. They going back and forth as you know, just about trying to find find people to to match me up with. I'm in this this kind of place where, like I'm, like I I've kind of proved myself that I'm good enough to be uh, in the UFC, but I got to find good enough opponents that'll fight me and that'll uh, kind of pro- keep propelling my uh, career, you know, right? Um, until I get the call up, I guess. Absolutely. You know? Well, that's I, I can't wait to see it, man, because you definitely have the skill set to do you know to be there i mean you you, you see it because there's not a lot of people that are actually as well-rounded as you are i mean somebody yeah. who could actually because even if like i i know it just because i had to like look way back into stuff but like that's what yeah. i know you're a wrestler but uh i mean you don't almost think you're you're you, you came from a striking background the way you move yeah. and everything and the way you know you you put and that's people purely, down that's purely duke rufus man his he's got a uh he's got a he's got an excellent program uh excellent striking um curriculum that he, he's come up with which is which is great i just uh actually received my black belt under uh duke rock duke rufus's uh striking and I, i'm that type of person like and i think that was an, another reason i joined mma because it was it's it's always something new you can learn man everybody yeah. you know and it's, everybody's so uh technical and and, and uh well versed in their crafts and um yeah, and I kind of I'm, I'm I'm addicted to learning these these new uh, ways to hurt people, I guess. But that's what's up, dude. <laughs> first of all, man, congratulations for that, man. That's like that's huge, man. And people yeah, don't understand yeah, it. I mean, just I'm to be excited. a black belt, anything is one thing, but that Duke Rufus gave it for striking, bro. Yeah, right. Salute to you, my guy. Kind of mind blowing, man. It's it's awesome. That's what's up, man. Um, how have you seen? Because again, again, congrats on being a you know a new parent, man. How have you seen being a new parent? How has that helped in your development, or, or if anything, have you seen a change in you or a shift um, in I think your preparation? Just a shift, or anything? A shift, you get a shift in motivation, you know. Mm. Um, um, trying to explain it, like uh, so before, like I, not to necessarily like I was just just fighting, you know, to be the baddest or yeah. um, or the, the the best, you know. Um, but now like you're fighting for, you're fighting for somebody and I don't, I mean, that shifts, that's like my shifts, my, my training, it'll probably shift 
um, like in a fight, you know, I, I, she was pregnant during the um, during the time I was I was fighting, but she I didn't I didn't have him yet, so I had a fight while he was you know uh, I guess out out in the living world. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean I, I feel like it's a shift in motivation, you know. I can't quit because I got a little guy uh, you know uh, looking up to me, um, watching you, you know. So it's almost awesome. like you got to be better. You got to be better every everywhere you know not just in fighting just everything you do you know because right. I'm, I'm i'm teaching him a lesson or i'm i'm um teaching him a habit uh good or bad whatever i do so i want to try to you know teach him the right way and, and good habits so Boy, that's what's up man i, I that's that I, I love hearing those type of stories man just because yeah um it's awesome man and i didn't think i you know I was like, oh, you know, I have a kid. It won't be too much different. I don't do the same thing. But no, it's definitely a shift, man. It's definitely, it's definitely different. Yo, that's crazy. Like, man, I don't have to take care of anything, anything but myself and my dog. So I couldn't even imagine at this point, man. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. would be nuts. Yeah, it's definitely different, man. It's cool, though. It's a good difference. That's what's up, man. So, hey, check this out. I want to, like I said, I'm going to shift gears a little bit because I do have a couple fun questions also. I want to make sure, awesome. you know, you know, we're... You know, and these are some things that, you know, they're they're open ended. I want you to be able to kind of get into it as much as you'd like. But uh, is there just kind of silly questions that I want to see what you think, man? So what purchase of one hundred dollars or less has most positively affect impacted your life over the last six months? I know. Crazy. A <laughs> uh, hundred dollars plus that has impacted. A hundred bucks impact. or less. Yeah. The or less. Or less. Oh, less. Yeah, a hundred bucks or less that has most positively affected your life over the last six months. The last six months, I have to say a nose Frida. Oh, what's that? <laughs> you ever seen that? No. The nose Frida. What's a nose Frida? Oh, my God. It's this little tool. Okay. Which it sounds disgusting, but you stick it in your kid's nose and it sucks the boogers out. Oh, it's, like, it's a like a little... like a filter, uh... so you don't suck the boogers into your mouth, but you... You suck them. I wish I had it. It's probably in this diaper bag somewhere. It's a, but yeah, it, it clears out. It clears out his uh, sinuses and clears the boogers out. And so you don't have to use that little. They, they used to use it like a little ball, like a little. Uh, yeah, I remember the little squish thing. Like yeah, the little squish ball. Yeah. yeah, they used to use that. But um, yeah. So I've been using that. All right. That would that that have to be the most impactful to me. Yo, daddy duties is crazy. I that, it's it, crazy man. out here, man. There's some crazy stuff they coming up with, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. That's what's up, man. Well, bro, I see you, you working around. You have you have a couple more minutes, my dude? You say what? I, I, see, I see you busy. You got your people. I mean, you got a couple more minutes? Yeah, I got a couple more minutes. I'm okay, good. cool. I, I, I'll wrap it up for oh, you, man. Okay. Yeah, um, no, we're, no, I'm all right. I told him. We're all right. I appreciate you, man. So, no all right, the nose thingy, man. I'm telling you, now I'm, I'm remember that for uh, whenever hey, that hey, whenever that day comes for me. That's, that's an investment you need to make, my man. <laughs> change your life. That's what's up. Nose Frida, watch. I'm gonna have that in the, in the show notes and everything. I'm gonna be like, this, you need to, you got a kid, you need to get this. <laughs> you need to get it. Gotta have. That's what's up, you gotta man. Gotta have it. Um, so in general, keeping with kind of that same theme, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you have ever made? Best worthwhile investments that you've hmm. ever made. Oh man. Uh and it could be anything. It'd be something simple or something. I mean, somebody told me that like the best investment they made was like, I got this like mug that is like my favorite coffee mug ever. That's how I don't give a damn. This is my, you know, so it could be anything. 
probably the best. I feel like the best investment for me, probably. Um, I um, when I was younger, okay. I freaking invested in a uh, LLC, and I feel like it, it came to what's in it came it came in handy when I when I got older. That's I what's feel up. like that's. I mean, everything else I feel like was a dumb investment, but that thing was. <laughs> <laughs> That thing was actually, you know, it came in handy. Uh, what what so, was yeah. the, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what was the uh, LLC for? What kind of company? Well, I was have? doing, I was doing wrestling camps. Oh, and, um, dude. So I would, really? I would put it in, uh, I would, because I thought I was going to just do a bunch of wrestling camps like all the time. Yeah. So I put it, I put the money in the LLC instead yeah. of, uh, you know, <laughs> dude, <laughs> carrying that's- around. That's definitely a smart investment to have, yeah, dude. It, that, was, it was beyond me. It wasn't even my idea. It was. <laughs> hey, well, was, salute to whoever told you to do that, man. That's yeah. like, I I have an LLC right now for uh, I have a, a healthy meal prep company. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So I've been doing that. Like that's like my day to day. Like my every day, I own a healthy meal prep company uh, called Sage Eats. Nice. And, uh, nice. and and so, dude, having that LLC. Granted, just just the fact that I feel okay that you know, in case something happens, I'm like, man, look, yeah. don't sue me, man. So sue exactly. them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can get them. <laughs> exactly. Oh um, yeah. All right. So in the last five years mm-hmm. or so, what new belief, behavior, or habit has been the most imp- has most improved your life? Um, I feel like when I first came to um, Rufus Sport, I um. I, I kind of switched gears and um, instead of like focusing on or I was just I, I feel like I was just fighting kind of the fight to be a better fighter. Mm-hmm. But then I started focusing on like uh, finishing and, and, and being a um, exciting like a finishing fighter. Mm-hmm. And um, that changed my, my my MMA game. At least it changed changed it for the better. So that's what, when in your uh, when in your career were you already pro when you uh, when you no, went so to I was um, I was no, I was. I was like six and one as an amateur. Okay. Okay. And I I, I came up to Rufus Sport to um to check it out. Yeah. Um because I, I went to a uh, Pat Pat Milita's gym and he mm-hmm. I went for, to his gym for uh for like a year when I was an amateur. Okay. And he told me to go to um to Duke Rufus and um yeah I came out here I checked it out and then I had a fight and then I then I came out. Man, quit it. So you telling me. The, the 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 people have that have been in your life in MMA is Pat Militich and Duke Rufus. Oh yeah. Oh, before that, yeah. Before that, yeah. actually, I started <laughs> I started at Carney um, with uh, Jens Pover. Jens Pover was starting a gym Dude. in Carney, and he was like, um, he, yeah, he was starting a gym, and he needed somebody to to start or to help out with wrestling. And uh, my my buddy Josh Smith, he used to he used to uh, wrestle in Carney, so he was he was already fighting. So I was helping out with wrestling, and then Jens Pover got me to do some boxing, got me to do some jujitsu, and then he, um, the gym ended up um, closing down, and he he asked me to come out to uh, Quad Cities with him and uh, start wow. doing MMA. So I started with Jens Pover. He moved out to MMA. Then he started doing um, went to Warrior shows, and then um, Pat would come in every now and then, and Jens would come in every now and then, and then um, uh, Pat was doing a lot of commentating. So. Uh, I was getting at t- to the point where I was like, um, I'm probably going to make a move somewhere. And then they told me to go to Duke Rufus. Yeah. Bro, I, I felt special when I was to say the people who helped me start off was like Shoney Carter and Brian Gassaway. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't even like, I don't even feel <laughs> special anymore. Awesome too, though, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty dope. 
Yeah, that's really dope. I'm gonna be honest with you. If I still competed or I want, I still like, I still might make my way to Milwaukee just to hang out one day. Just be like, look, man, I'm Surge. I just want to stand here and watch y'all for <laughs> right. a minute. Hell, my sir, bad. I say what's up. <laughs> hell yeah, come on down. That's uh, what I like about it too, man. They shit, it's they all cool as hell. You know what I'm saying? We get in there, we get after it. We all cool as hell. You know what I'm saying? We're going to try to beat the crap out of each other, but we all cool, man. Dude, we all, it, man. It, I love hearing that, man. It, it really, like, yeah, I mean, first of all, you have been trained by what seems like the MMA Jedi Council. So it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's that's so... Well, I know, and I, that's why I feel, man, I'm, I'm strictly a product of my, you know, coaches, man. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Dude, yo, that's... I that That's it just... For, for those who are listening who don't understand, like, I'm blown away because, like, literally, those <laughs> yeah. are, like, the, like, yeah. MMA gods out here. And you had, yeah, right? you know, I'm only, th- favorite, only thing you, you could have told me different. It was like, oh, yeah, Faraz Sahabi, you know, that's, uh, you know, he went ahead and took care of me. <laughs> you say, say it again? I said the only other thing that you could have told me that would have blown my mind even more if you're like, oh, yeah, so, yeah, Faraz Sahabi. Yeah, he's like, right. yeah, he was right. like. You know, that's like Bruce that's Lee. A, I knew Bruce Lee when I was young. Know straight up, man. yeah. That's the only other thing you say. Like, yeah, so Bruce Lee and them. You know, he he, he took me under his wing way back when. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, Hell dude, yeah. that's great, man. Okay, uh, we got a uh, couple more, man, and I'll get you All out right. of here. Um, what are some bad recommendations that you have heard in your uh, like coming up or just in your profession in general, whatever the case may be? You know, um, what uh, what is some bad advice that you've actually heard and what you know, how can you like, yeah, just what bad advice have you heard and how can people get out of the way of those things? Um, let's see. It's a lot of bad advice. I feel <laughs> like I've, I've heard. Um, um, I feel like. Uh, sheesh. What's the what's a big one? Maybe being being uh uh what do you call it? Not open minded in okay. MMA. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um being close closed off like open like as as far as like feeling like there's nothing else you can learn, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the game is steady changing, you know, um it's steady evolving, uh people are getting better and better. As the years go on, like we got kids coming up who who are like you know beasts, like starting MMA when mm-hmm. they're like five years old. So the the sport is evolving. So you got to evolve with it. You can't stay stuck in the past. You can't um kind of let every you stay stuck in one place. Then everybody's gonna pass you up. So absolutely. Um, oh, dude, and you're you're definitely uh you you you're a product of that. Just showing how even though you've had positive you know influences or role models in your life in you know this field you've still bounced to the next one you're still looking for like the yeah. bigger the better thing to continue yeah. getting yourself to like really that top level man and it shows like that's that's actually like solid advice that i think in no matter what profession i think anybody should like listen to that and yeah. really be able to say sure. hey you know you have to continue evolving and you're moving on to the next thing to get better yes sir yes sir yeah. All right, last one, bro. And thank you again, man. Oh, like, no problem, man. Yo, you know what no I I'm just I'm in Texas. I've, I've been in, or I, I went to Texas for a week. Okay. So uh, it's for everybody to see, you know, the kid and stuff. And so I'm just getting these last, and we leaving tonight. So I'm trying to get these last little visitations in. Oh, dude, I understand, man. That's what's up. Well, hey, enjoy your time down there, man. I was just down there in uh in in Dallas uh for oh, a wedding. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, nah, that's yeah. what's up. We about to go to Dallas today. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. My girl has a bunch of uh family and friends down there. So we went ahead and we were hanging out for a wedding. So uh 
Like I said, it was cool until they asked me to go to the NRA convention, and I'm like, yo, nah, I'm cool, bro. Like, <laughs> nah, yeah. I'm going fast on yo, that one. <laughs> I, I, I'm that, like, black and Puerto Rican dude from Chicago. Like, I, they don't yeah. want me there, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, cool. <laughs> I'm cool. I'll be cool, too. Straight up, man. All right, last one. I ask everybody this as a closing question just because it's kind of fun and it kind of shows people, you know, the type of dude you know you are, which already people kind of already get the, the feel of it. But um, what is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you absolutely love? So somebody else might be like, yo, that's really weird. This is absurd. But for you, you're like, I don't care. It's my weird thing and I love it. Oh, man. <laughs> what is it? Probably not combing my hair. Probably everybody. <laughs> hey man, that's in style now, though, man. It got the whole childish Gambino thing going. He good. Yeah, everybody I know be like, "What you gonna do with your hair?" And I'm like, "This is it. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> Nothing. Not a not a damn thing. I ain't doing a goddamn thing to this motherfucker." Nothing. <laughs> oh, that's a, hey man, well look, man, between me and you, I dig it, man. I think it's a good hey, look. And like I said, it, if I if I had a Puerto Rican curl, brother, I absolutely would, hey, man. My, it's my it's my black family. That's the ones uh they be like, uh Rafael, please just do something. Do something with it. Like, nope. You're like, nah, it's good. It's it. That's all I got. Me. This is me now. Well, that's what's up, yeah. man. Raphael, brother, thank you so much for joining me oh, today, man. Um, no problem. This is a pleasure, can- man. This is a fun interview, man. Thank you, man. Well, look, this is something that I am truly, this is what I want to do for a living. I want oh. to really give, you know, representation for, you know, us, you know, for yeah. and then also be, again, I'm in, I'm in my early 30s, you know, I'm a young dude. And then again, I'm, I am I love hip hop. I love talking about culture and I love being yeah. able to have like candid conversations and really show the depths of, you know, people like yourself, you know, because yeah. I, I don't I think we pay too much attention to actually the fighting aspect of it. And yeah. the way people are actually going to become stars is because people are going to start knowing you guys as like yeah. people. Being and, able to relate to you and being able to, yeah, absolutely. know you. Yes, Absolutely, sir. man. So again, brother, thank you. Um, where can they find you? And is there anything that you would like to say, or you know, what? How would you like, you know, to, to tell my people something, man? The listeners, man. All right. Uh, you can reach me at uh, uh Thoughts, uh, one word on Instagram and Twitter, and um, I'm on Raf- at Thoughts, uh, two words on Facebook. Um, man, uh, my parting words would be, man, just go out there and be better. Let's be better. Um, let's go be better to people go be better for ourselves let's go be better for the future man that's what's up man Raphael Super Stats brother I appreciate you man um, hey, hopefully again we get to do this again sometime soon, and hopefully, like I get to go out there to Milwaukee, man, and and, and hang yeah. out with you guys, man. Come on down, man. Come on down, man. We, we happy to have you, man. I'm down. I'm cool, man. Like I said, y- y'all can throw me around a little bit. It's cool, man. I, you know, I, I, it's, it's all good. I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, uh, congrats for everything for your career, your family, obviously, man, the new baby, and uh, everything you have coming to you in your near future, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Take care. You too, man. All right. Peace out. All right. What's up, man? What's up? Yo. 
and welcome. We are back to the Fight Podcast um, that you're listening to, and I am your host, Serge Vicente. That was my interview with bantamweight prospect Raytheon Stotts. I hope you enjoyed that. Super is a great dude, and I really, really do appreciate his time. And yo, um, it's great being here with you today. I have a lot of great shows still to come. Uh, I recap the return of Junior Dos Santos and the rest of UFC Fight Night Boise. We'll also break down Manny Pacquiao's big win as well as break down the fights for this upcoming weekend. Uh, We have our prospect alert and fighter focus still to come. But before that, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first, not one, not two, but three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. And make sure to follow me at Serge Vicente. Don't forget to support the show by checking me out on the website, www.thefightpodcast.com and purchase merch today. Next up, we have our Prospect Alert. Prospect Alert is where we show love to up-and-coming prospects who have the skills and the talent, but might not be a household name just yet. So this week, we're going to take time out to highlight future MMA middleweight contender, Jordan Young. Record, eight wins, zero losses, with six submissions. And now back to your host, Sergio Vicente, to tell us a bit more about this fighter. All right, we are back. And this week, we're going to take time out to highlight future MMA light heavyweight contender, Jordan Young. Jordan is nine wins with zero losses and seven subs. Look, As always, I'm going to bring you fighters that I believe are exciting, entertaining, and above all else, finishers. But Jordan isn't like most of the prospect lurks who, what can I say, I'm biased, I love strikers, but Jordan is an assassin on the ground. Seven out of his nine wins are by submission. Those are like Damian Maya type stats. And he's now jumping into Bellator's 205 pound division from the 185 pound division. That he can, re- and let's be honest, in at the 205 division with Bellator, where I'm not going to say it's like a shark tank, he can absolutely make noise. Um, he attacks and jumps on submission attempts better than almost anyone I've ever seen. He has a very, very active guard. So even if you're on top, you don't feel confident because he's pulling you off balance and he's consistently changing positions while he's threatening you from the bottom with submissions. Keep your eyes and ears open for this guy. Our week 22 prospect alert is none other than Jordan Young. Salute to Jordan Young. He is our week 22 prospect alert. All right. Uh, Hey, you are listening to the Fight Podcast, and I am your host, Serge Vicente. 
All right, USC Fight Night Boise was this weekend and it aired on FS1 and took place at the beautiful Century League Arena. Look, I've never been to Boise, but it looks like I'm gonna have to, man. Everybody keeps talking about how awesome of a city it is. So you know what, man? Big ups. Big salute to Boise, Idaho, uh, where people say it's like the new Austin, Texas. <laughs> um, look, yeah, I definitely have to go to Boise. Um, all the fighters kept on talking about how great it was. But anyway, the card was headlined by the return of Junior Dos Santos against the former WSOF heavyweight champion, Blagoy Ivanov. And look, this fight was actually very, very entertaining. Um, it was a unanimous decision for Junior Dos Santos, who got back in the win column after almost a full year off uh, because of a tainted supplement that USADA, and I'm be honest with you, USADA continues making a mess for the, um, the UFC and Part of me almost wants to believe that they might be better off without USADA. USADA goes ahead and it's funny, I'm talking about USADA and like them coming to get people and I could hear like police sirens in the background. <laughs> uh, but um, nah, it's, it's living in Chicago. What can I say? Um, but look, the... USADA doesn't seem as if they're doing their due diligence. It seems like they almost want to catch people for just to catch them, just to say, hey, look, we're doing our job. Look at us. We're so badass. We are going out here and we are stopping fighters from actually making a living. Um, looking at, for instance, what happened with um, um, what's his name? Josh Barnett. Uh, who just uh, recently asked for his walking papers from the UFC. And uh, look, he did nothing wrong, but he lost almost a full two years from his career because USADA didn't do their due diligence and actually realized that he didn't do anything wrong. And they did the exact same thing to Junior Dos Santos. So um, I don't know what they need to do, but I digress. The match itself versus uh, Ivanov and uh, JDS was great. Um, from the beginning, JDS looks great. He moves around. Um, he did a fantastic job of actually throwing the jab, dictating pace. And for those of us who do not know Junior Dos Santos, he has and has always had some of the best boxing in heavyweight history, heavyweight MMA history, to the point that he actually considered um, boxing professionally. So um, looking at that and just even bringing up some of the numbers um, in the fight, there were no knockdowns, but JDS landed 110 of 248 strikes out of a five round affair. That's 44 percent. Having a heavyweight fighter landing 44% of his punches is incredible. Um, Blagoy, on the other hand, also had a very good fight. He landed 51 out of 229 for 22%. Not as good, but that's more realistic and right on the heavyweight limit. Um, significant strikes. Uh, JDS landed 110 of 248. Also, 
Um, well, look at this. All of his strikes were significant strikes. So everything he threw, he threw with intention. Uh, Blagoy, on the other hand, ended up landing. Same thing. Uh, 51 for 229 for 20%. Uh, neither man landed any takedowns. And I'm not going to lie to you. This is something that I mentioned it, but I forget. You almost forget how great JDS is as a fighter because we haven't seen him in a long time. So I forgot how difficult he was to get down. If we look at some of his epic battles in the past with the likes of um, who a lot of people believed was the best heavyweight champion of all time before Stipe, before... Um, Daniel Cormier, we all believed, and I'm going to be honest with you, I believe that Cain Velasquez was the greatest heavyweight MMA fighter of all time. They had three epic fights. And um, in those three epic fights, Cain always had difficulty getting uh, JDS down. So I don't know why I believed uh, Blagoya would actually take him down, which he didn't, but he did threaten with it. And you know what? JDS at the end of the fight took some damage. There was definitely, you know, swelling. He was definitely beat up. And um, Blagoy started really towards the fourth and fifth round, picking up his pace, and he stayed in JDS's face. If he did that more so throughout the first and second rounds, he might have won the fight. But JDS did his thing. So, um, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I really enjoyed this fight. Um, what's next for JDS? Um, after the fight, JDS called out Stipe. You know what? I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, that that's uh, that would be a trilogy fight. Um, I, I would love to see the rubber match. Um, I believe Stipe still wins that match, but it would still be extremely entertaining. So um, I'd love to see JDS also against somebody like Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades is currently the number two ranked uh, heavyweight contender in the UFC's uh, heavyweight division. Um, I would love to watch him. I'd love to watch him versus JDS. So um, that would be incredible. And look, Blagoy isn't going anywhere. He's a talented fighter. He He's still extremely young for the heavyweight division. He's only like 30 years old and he's a monster. So um, in the future, I would like to see him fight, for instance, of Francis Ngannou. That would be entertaining. So we'll see what ends up happening. But all in all, super great fight. Salute to JDS on uh, getting the W for that fight. All right. <laughs> this fight was co-headlined by Super Sage Northcutt against the crafty vet Zach Otto. And you know what? I'm going to be the first one to admit I owe Super Sage Northcutt an apology. Um, what can I say? Sage, I, I made a mistake. <laughs> to this point, um, I have not been on the Sage Northcutt bandwagon. Um, I am someone who you really need to show me something, especially if there is a hype train behind somebody. It took me a while to get behind Conor McGregor. Um, but then, I mean, I jumped off that bandwagon. But when he was coming up, I was really paying attention and I really enjoyed it. So it's fun to watch and um, I can't stun. I can't wait to see. But I digress. Um, and I want to talk about Super Sage Northcutt. He showed me something. And in the past, when 
the going gets tough, he's given up. I don't think there's any question about that. I think there has been a lot of news and media and talking points specifically about that. And the two losses that he has had in his career have been at 170 pounds. So for me, one, I didn't believe that he belonged at 170 pounds because his first two losses have been there. Um, but then also his transition to Team Alpha Male. Now, Team Alpha Male has always been regarded as one of the top teams in MMA worldwide, um, headed by the legendary Uriah Faber, who is one of the top, now I'm not even going to say Bantamweight, he's one of the top little men of MMA of all time. If it was not for Uriah Faber, um, especially in the WEC days, there would be no small man divisions in the UFC. So salute to Uriah Faber and what they have done. But I have been very critical of them in the past and especially more so in the recent past. Um, The whole nonsense with T.J. Dillashaw and how they kind of cast him away um, with Dwayne Ludwig and all the other drama that they've had. It's been almost comical. They they seem like they're a bunch of prima donnas and it seems as if the game has been passing them by. But um, well, not even but. So when Sage went there, someone who I did not have that much faith in went to a camp that I had begun losing faith in, I didn't know if it was a, a solid marriage. Yo, I might be wrong. And I'm not afraid to admit that I'm wrong. Um, He went out there and has shown different wrinkles in his game. I have to say, Sage Northcutt is also only 22 years old. Me personally, as someone who is breaking down a fight, um, Maybe I should give him a little bit more of an opportunity. Super young, and he is extremely talented. But let me break this fight down for a moment. Um, Sage goes out there against uh, Zach Otto, and it takes from the onset. I'm talking about first 10 seconds of the fight. Takes a huge straight left hand that cracks him right on the jaw. Um, right on the right side of his jaw and it drops him. Zach Otto gets on top and I'm going to be honest with you, I was the first one. I stood up and I was like, oh, fight's over. This is done. I told you he was trash. He withstanded. Most times when I've seen him in those predicaments in the past, he's given up. He did not give up. He kept on fighting for position. He lost the round, but he won the last 45 seconds, getting himself back up to his feet, landing good shots, and even ended the round on top. So it was one of those after the round, I had to kind of stand up and say, oh, okay, little, little, little salute to you. Hand clap, hand clap, you know? So, uh, so I was curious to see the second round. Second round, Sage goes out there and completely starches Zach Otto. Um, so let me just bring up the numbers. 
Um, both men uh, landed a knockdown in the fight, so they each hurt each other to a point, landed a knockdown. Uh, Sage Northcutt lands 37 out of 50 shots to, so for 74% of total strikes. Uh, 24 out of 37, so 64% significant strikes. He landed a takedown, and he had a submission attempt. Uh, Zach Otto, on the other hand, who had a great fight in his own right, uh, landed um, one take or had a knockdown, uh, landed 33 out of 47 strikes himself for 70 percent. He landed six out of 16 significant strikes. That's nothing to be really, you know, proud of, but whatever. Um, He landed one out of four takedowns for 25%, and he had one submission attempt. That obviously did not last. Um, Sage Northcutt ended up getting the finish in the second round in three minutes of 13 seconds of the second round um, for a TKO. Great performance by Sage Northcutt. Again, he showed me a lot. He showed me that he could withstand, and he showed me that, you know what? With this new camp, at 170 pounds, and don't get it twisted, 170 pounds in the UFC, and for that matter, Bellator, anybody else, is like the creme of the creme. I mean, the top of the top. So, is he going to win a title any point soon, or even contend? I do not believe so, but I believe that he has a lot of options. And look, dude, he's only in his early 20s in the next eight years. Who knows what's going to happen in his development? So salute to Sage Northcutt. I can't wait to see what happens in the future. And uh, that was that fight. Next up that I want to talk about um, was Dennis Bermudez against Rick Glenn. Now, this, like I talked about before, was absolutely a crossroads fight for um, for both gentlemen. Uh, Rick Glenn is two and two on the way up. Dennis Bermudez has lost his last uh, lost five out of his last seven. So absolutely, this fight was a crossroads matchup. Um, the fight starts off and first round, Dennis Bermudez does work. Um, goes out there, seems to be in control. But Rick Lane lands some sticky, sticky shots. And you can tell those shots absolutely hurt and stiffened up Dennis Bermudez. Um, the fourth or the second round, uh, and let me just bring the numbers up really fast. Um, long story short, uh, Rick Glenn ended up winning this fight, um, three round decision. It was a split decision. Um, but I do agree. I think the fight went to Rick Glenn. Um, nobody landed a knockdown in this fight, even though Rick Glenn did hurt Dennis Bermudez multiple times on the feet. Uh, total strikes. Dennis Bermudez lands 56 out of 132 for 42% of his strikes. And in the other hand, uh, Rick Glenn lands 59 for 151 for 39%. Eh. Uh, significant strikes. Um, uh, significant strikes landed. Dennis Bermudez landed 42 out of 114 for 36%. And um, Rick Glenn ended up doing 48 for 137 for 35%. Uh, Check this out. Dennis Bermudez landed six out of 14 takedowns. So he was busy. And Rigland didn't even attempt any. Um, but he did uh, try a submission attempt that he almost pulled off. It was a close fight. 
And just listening to those numbers, you almost want to give it to Dennis Bermudez. But the power definitely went towards Rick Glenn. Rick Glenn seemed like he really did control the uh, the action even uh, in the first and in the third round. Uh, I gave Dennis Bermudez his second round because of the four takedowns. But um, with him hurting Dennis Bermudez in the first round and doing the same in the third round, I had to give the fight to uh, to Rick Glenn. I feel bad. Uh, Dennis Bermudez, one little meal, you know, he's Puerto Rican, uh, I, I, I feel for him, but I think that the UFC will give him his walking papers, um, I would like to see him go to one of the other organizations, I want to see him fight for Bellator, get his, get him some confidence back, go to the PFL, win that tournament, because Dennis Bermudez, 100%, is one of the He's a world-class competitor. Um, We forget he is the last man or one of the last men to actually beat Max Holloway. Max Holloway, the champion at 145 pounds, is on a 12-fight win streak. Dennis Bermudez beat that man. So we forget how good he is. He's he's come with a little bit of... um, trouble in in rocky roads but hopefully after he gets cut by the ufc which i totally believe he will you will see what ends up happening but uh salute to both men great fight uh extremely entertaining all right now this fight i really want to get into i personally believed and i said this last episode that this was my fight of the night um Randy Brown versus Nico Price. Gotta love the name Nico because that's my dog's name. Not because of Nico Price, more so because of Nico Bellic in uh, Grand Theft Auto way back in the day when I was a kid. I thought Nico Bellic, I thought that name was hard. So uh, I went out there and named my dog Nico because it just fit the right way. Uh, so uh, going back into uh, the fight, Randy Brown versus Nico. Price was stopped in the second round. Nico Price KOs Randy Brown in uh, one minute and nine seconds of the uh, the second round. Yo, this finish. So let me let me just break this fight down. It was extremely competitive fight, and honestly, I totally believe that Randy Brown was winning the fight. I thought he won convincingly the first round even though nico price had his moments and honestly he was in line of winning the second round so let me just pull up some of these numbers and you know what's so funny i've watched this fight three times i look at the number and, and it's almost hard to believe that i still believe randy brown's winning the fight but here are the numbers randy brown was 18 for 43 strikes and nico price was 40 for 81 um, significant strikes. Uh, Randy Brown, 13 of 37 for 35%. And Nico Price is, what was it? 12 of 39 for 30%. Um, each man landed one takedown, one for two on their takedowns, and nobody had a submission attempt. That kind of, we'll, we'll get into that. First round goes off. Randy Brown shows his explosiveness, just kind of like I was talking about. Was eating Nico Price up for the outside, from the outside, landing big leg kicks, landing beautiful body kicks, and timing Nico Price every time he came in. 
but Nico was tough. Um, first round was a close round, but again, I felt as if Randy Brown won convincingly. Second round goes out there, and Randy Brown takes down Nico Price. He's landing some incredible ground and pound. This, 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 this was incredible. So Nico Price, they're against the cage. Nico Price is on the bottom. He starts going for a leg lock. So the way you defend the leg lock, Randy Brown did the exact correct way. The position that they were in, he reached down to pretty much grab the, to fight for hand position. Nico Price notices this hooks Randy Brown's head with his, which I believe it was his left leg, and then throws the hammer fist from hell. Straight Donkey Kong. Boom, boom. I swear to you, he lands from the bottom. Six unanswered um, hammer fist from the bottom with his left hand landing clean on the left side of Randy Brown's face. I'm telling you, the first shot put, put Randy Brown away. The most, one of the most impressive knockouts you'll ever see. If you have not seen it, check it out. It is everywhere on social media right now. But Nico Price. It, with this 170 pound division is stacked, Nico Price is a new contender and hopefully will be in the top 15 um, with this matchup. Um, I, I can see Nico Price going against some of the greats in the 170, like Jorge Masvidal. Um, I can see him going against. I think he gets dealt. I think Kamar Usman kind of deals with him. Um, but there, there's so many guys in that division he can fight. So salute to Nico Price, one of the, the most ban bananas knockouts you will ever see. And um, yeah, th this was amazing. Um, really quick, just wanted to remind you guys, you are listening to The Fight Podcast, and I am your host, Serge Vicente. Um, uh, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms. And uh, it should just say at The Fight Podcast. And make sure to follow me at Serge Vicente. Don't forget to support the show by checking me out on our website, thefightpodcast.com, and purchase merch today. All right. Um, last but not least, uh, we saw the return. I feel like we've had a couple returns this week, but we saw the return of Chad Money Mendez. So Chad Mendez went out here and fought against Miles Jury, Miles Fury Jury. Um, Miles Jury is a beast. Uh, I told you about these gentlemen's records last week. Chad Money Mendez is coming off of a two-year layoff where he was suspended by USADA um, for uh, which they called illegal performance-enhancing something. He said it was for a skin condition. Whatever it was, he had to take two years off of his career. I'm be honest with you, Chad Money Mendez came out of the gate 
Like he didn't miss a step. This guy looks like you can insert him today. Right at the right again at the top of that 145 pound division. I would love to see him see him fight against somebody like Brian Ortega. I would love to see him fight against Max Holloway. Any of these guys, this a matchup with Chad Mendes would be ridiculous. But let me tell you about this fight. So um Chad Money Mendez ends up earning the KO loss. The KO win. I'm sorry. He earns a KO against Miles Jury two minutes and 52 seconds into the very first round. Um, Chad Mendez landed 17 out of 27 strikes for 62%. 17 out of 27 significant strikes for a 62%. Um, no knockdowns even necessary. Takedown, should I say, even necessary. Um, he went out there and just completely overwhelmed Miles Jury. Landed a huge overhand shot, um, left hand, blasted away Miles Jury, um, and the fight was done. I cannot wait to see what will happen in the future. And um, and again, this this puts uh, Chad Money Mendez to 17 and four, and it puts Miles Jury actually to uh, I'm sorry, it puts uh, Chad Mendez 18 and four, Miles Jury to 17 and three. Um, this was a great fight, but uh, salute to Chad Mendez on his return. Uh, last fight I'm going to talk about on this card was Kat Zingano uh, against Marion Renault. Um, this was a pick'em fight. Uh, if you guys remember me doing the uh, the the numbers or the the Vegas odds, and um, I said if Kat Zingano gets out of her own way, she should win. And um, even though it did not seem Kat Zingano was still back, it, it, her stand up was herky jerky, and it, she something just seemed off still but she still was more physical than Mary Renault. and let me just bring the numbers up she she 100% got the W um 94 of uh 123 strikes for 76% she lands 33 out of 50 uh significant strikes for 57% um she had six takedowns six out of 10 takedowns um Mary Renault, zero takedowns, only lands uh, 35 total strikes, and only lands 14 significant strikes. So, Katzengano 100% wins that fight. Um, uh, I'd like to see what happens. Again, she's still fighting at, um, at 135 pounds. We'll see. Uh, there's um, Tatiana Suarez uh, would be an interesting matchup in the future. We'll see how that goes. All right. In the world of boxing, Manny Pacquiao made his um, much-awaited return uh, against Lucas Matisse um, on, which is really interesting, the, the fight card actually took place on ESPN+, Plus, their new digital streaming service, um, and uh, I actually don't even think the fight was in this country, but... It was very, very um, entertaining fight. Manny Pacquiao goes out there and, and earns, uh, and he picks up a big KO, a seventh round KO of Lucas Matisse for his WBO um, uh, welterweight championship. So uh, let me first and foremost say this, this championship might as well be the intercontinental belt in 
wrestling. Um, so out of all of the belts, it means the least. But um, he still gets a belt and he beat a really solid competitor. I had Manny Pacquiao losing this fight. 39 years old, has been competing for over 23 years. And he hasn't even had a knockout recorded a knockout since 2009. Um, I thought he was done. All of us thought he was done. But Lucas Matisse seems as if he has been slowing down himself. Um, I'm not even going to get into the numbers, but uh, Lucas Matisse seems slow, really slow. Um, And Manny Pacquiao was faster, um, looked like almost vintage Pacquiao. Now, (laughs) after the fight, he goes out here and calls out Floyd Mayweather and says he he wants a rematch. He believes he earns and owes a rematch. Look, Manny Pacquiao, you're not getting that. Floyd Mayweather, we've seen that. We know how that ends up. And Floyd Mayweather's retired. Now, what I would like to see, and it seems as if the camps are trying to make this happen. It seems like Manny Pacquiao might try to fight Terrence Crawford, the number one pound for pound consensus pound for pound boxer in the world, uh, is a welterweight, just recently moved up to welterweight, just defended his crown and knocked out Jeff Horn, who defeated Manny Pacquiao. So that is a compelling storyline. This can be a huge fight strictly off of name recognition alone, but I'm off the Manny bandwagon. I tell you straight up. Terrence Crawford is going to make himself a internationally known superstar if they make this fight. Because I know I said Lucas Matisse would knock him out and he didn't. He ended up getting dealt with. Terrence Crawford again is the consensus pound for pound best boxer in the world i I see him going out here and doing work he is faster than manny pacquiao he is more technical than manny pacquiao and um and look i'm not saying this to poo poo on pac-man and what he has done he has a hall of fame career he is one of the greatest of his generation he's probably only second to floyd mayweather um, and that breaks my heart to say that because I want to say uh, Miguel Cotto is number two in that mix, but he's not. Manny Pacquiao is. So, again, he's had an amazing career. Me personally, I think he should walk away at this high point, but it seems as if he wants to go ahead. He wants all the smoke and he still wants to do his thing. So uh, salute to Manny Pacquiao and uh, we will see what happens in the near future. Uh, That is the um, those are the fights. Oh, uh, really quick. Regis Progre, um, who is a lightweight contender, uh, one of my favorite fighters out there right now. And he actually is um, one of those dogs. Uh, He's actually from uh, Louisiana, but he trains in Houston with like the Charlo twins and Errol Spence Jr. and all those guys. So dog. And he went out there and picked up a fantastic W this past weekend as well. So um, those are our fights for this past weekend. So stay tuned. We have our fighter focus coming up next. Hey, everybody. So our fighter focus today is the current featherweight kickboxing king. 
the current Glory Featherweight Champion with a record of 47 to 7 with 21 knockouts, Robin Van Roosmallet. Here's your host, Sergio, for more on this week's fighter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're um, here. We have our fighter focus for the week. This week's fighter focus is, and I can't lie, I'm really enjoying, um, I feel like this is the opportunity I have to like bring up kickboxers because I, I truly do love kickboxing. Um, but uh, this week's fighter focus is current featherweight kickboxing king, the current glory featherweight champion with a record of 47 and 7, 21 of those wins by KO, Robin Van Roosmalen. So check this out. Robin is a complete tank. He's as versatile of a fighter as you're going to find. And he has even held the lightweight belt in glory. For those of us who do not know, glory is um, North America's premier kickboxing organization. Um, You will find some of the greatest kickboxing prospects and vets and legends in the world um, in that organization. But uh, Robin has power with both of his hands and his kicks. He has a beautiful Dutch kickboxing style where he keeps his hands with a very, very high guard. He has very, very solid boxing and finishes his punches with incredible leg kicks. Robin spends a lot of his time training in Florida with some of the best fighters in the world, hands down. Um, uh, he currently holds a 2-0 MMA record as well with two KOs. First and foremost, if this guy actually steps away from pick, kickboxing full-time and focuses on MMA, yo, the 145-pounders and the 155-pounders have a real issue because this guy not only is a dangerous kickboxer he has a lot of experience grappling he's actually competed and is a judica he is a judo uh tournament champion and he's also a judo black belt as well um so let me just tell you a little bit about his stats in glory by itself not even his whole uh, career in glory he is 16 and 3 um his average fight time and remember he's fighting in these fights Pretty much all of his fights have been championship five-round fights. So his fight duration is 10 minutes. His knockdown ratio, so knockdowns landed to knockdowns absorbed. 12 knockdowns landed to only four knockdowns absorbed. Now, kickboxing is very different from boxing and very different from MMA. Um, Closer to MMA, but what I'm talking about is in boxing a lot of people's records are protected um promoters will make sure guys get built up you end up finding a whole bunch of fluff balls and a whole bunch of people like that prior to actually um you know fighting like top quality competition kickboxing mma is not like that as soon as they so promise your first four or five fights you're fighting some of the best in the world and um i'm telling you this guy is doing that so 
Um, that's why you see some of these guys with losses. And not only do you see them with losses, you see they've taken some knockdowns. They've done some certain things. Regardless, these are still some of the best guys in the world. So uh, he lands and this shows his activity level per minute. He's landing almost 10 punches per minute, um, which should I say strikes. And that is at the high, the high point of that division. Um, and he's only landing seven strikes absorbed. Um, so, and in his striking accuracy, he lands close to 50% of his strikes. Robin is a legend in the making. Make sure you catch his fights in glory kickboxing in MMA as soon as you can. I'm telling you, this dude is a legend. I cannot wait till you see what he's doing in the near future. Okay, you are listening to The Fight Podcast, and this is your host, Serge Vicente. Um, Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats today at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Okay, we're still here. We still have a lot of great show to come. Um, we still have some combat sports news, our IG poll results, and my hot takes for the week. Uh, remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast, and make sure to follow me at Serge Vicente. Don't forget to support the show by checking me out on our website www.thefightpodcast.com and purchase merch today. All right. Fight news in the worlds of MMA. Now, this was extremely interesting to me. Um, Dazen, we talked about Dazen before. Um, Bellator uh, MMA um, is a fantastic organization. Dazen is an organization, uh, is a combat sports digital media company that is starting to take over. Um, um, Eddie Hearn, the uh, the head promoter and matchmaker of matchmaker um, uh, boxing, he is the promoter of boxing um, standout right now and probably the top boxer in the game. Anthony Joshua, or should I say, not the top boxer in the game, the the biggest star in boxing currently, and uh, we're actually gonna talk about him in a moment. But they brought us. Uh, Scott uh, Coker, the CEO of uh, Bellator, into the mix, and now they are a part of Dazen, which is extremely um, interesting. Um, what they're going to do, and I wanted to bring this up. Um, so Scott Coker also, he, told, he does a couple of things, and they are going to debut Bellator in Dazen on September 29th. This is so exciting with Bellator's welterweight Grand Prix. So Scott Coker is uh, putting together putting together amazing tur- this tournament. He has already and is currently putting together the Bellator's heavyweight Grand Prix um, that is currently going on, and he's done that in the past with Strike Force. Um, he is now doing that with the welterweights and. For those of us who do not know, Bellator's welterweight stable is just as impressive, if not more, than the UFC's. So the fact that they're doing a welterweight tournament, <laughs> dude, it's gonna be compelling. It's gonna be the best television of 2019. So 
Um, check this out. These are some of the so the press conference was done in Manhattan uh, this past week. And here are the fighters named to uh, the tournament. These are the fighters that are going to compete. John Fitch, Neiman Gracie, former champion Andre Koroskov, former UFC standout Lorenz Larkin, one of my favorites, former champion Douglas Lima, current Bellator champion Rory McDonald. Superstar Michael Venom Page, also superstar um, uh, Paul Simtex Daily. That is who is competing in this tournament. Whoa, yo, they, those are some of the greatest fighters in the world, no matter the organization. And now Beltor in Dazen is bringing that tournament exclusively to their streaming platform and those fights which are going to be pay-per-view quality fights and pay-per-view quality cards are going to be $9.99 a month that's it now granted there is a lot of uh you know other streaming services uh espn is doing the exact same thing with the ufc but it seems like dazon is doing their thing so salute to them. I cannot wait to continue seeing what happens um, with this. But um, I'm so, 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 so excited uh, about this tournament. Okay, um, moving on to the UFC. Um, Robert Whitaker, UFC 185-pound champion who is currently filming the final season of The Ultimate Fighter against Kelvin Gastelum, the number one contender, has a announced that he is out of competition until early 2019 um i don't know how i feel about this uh i would love to see him compete uh this year and it seems as if since those battles with yoel romero he has not been the same guy so we'll see what happens um it seems difficult to keep him healthy, man. He's only fought twice in the last two years, and now he's only going to fight. He's only he's only fought once this year. Seems like he might only fight until next year. So we'll see what ends up happening. But I will say this: those battles that he's had with um, with uh, Yoel Romero might have shortened his career. We've seen this happen in the past. You look at the matchups between Junior Dos Santos and Cain Velasquez. JDS isn't the same guy. We we look at the battles that name any of them. Any of our legends have had in the past. Vandalay Silva, he's a shell of himself. Vitor Belfort, he's a shell of himself because these guys have had wars. Look at the matchups that Rory, not Rory McDonald, but yeah, Rory McDonald and uh, Robbie Lawler have had. Rory had to take two full years off before he looked like Rory again. So, and look, Robbie Lawler might not be Robbie. Robbie Lawler, the former Strikeforce standout, the former UFC 170-pound champion, possibly the most entertaining 170-pound welterweight champion we have ever seen, has been a shell of himself ever since the wars that he had with 
Johnny Hendrix when Johnny Hendrix was still the man with um, uh, Rory McDonald where his lip was all split open and he was yelling and screaming and stuff we love it as fans but those fights take something out of those athletes and it seems like it has taken a lot out of um, Robert Whitaker. All right, uh, former heavyweight champion, it almost hurts saying that now, Stipe Miocic demands a rematch. And um, does he have a point? So he dem- so he went on Ariel Hawani's uh, podcast um, this past week, uh, Ariel Hawani's MMA show. Goes out there and for Stipe, someone who tends to be very uh, quiet, and he tends to be someone who is, um, you know, just goes out there and does his job. I'm be honest with you, he he wasn't happy after this. He felt he, as if he got slighted, and the UFC wanted him to lose the fight. After the fight, he didn't even get a post-fight interview. Brock Lesnar was already in the cage, so Stipe goes out there and says, "I don't get how somebody." who has who has not gotten a win since 2008 deserves a title shot and on the outside I I agree with him Brock Lesnar absolutely does not deserve a title shot but I think of it as a business and unfortunately Stipe doesn't seem as if he's played ball. He doesn't have like the best relationship with Dana White and the UFC. They've never really promoted him to the extent that I would have liked to see him promoted. He's the greatest heavyweight champion that the UFC has ever known. He earned the title shot. He had to literally go out there and scream at Dana White after he dealt with how many guys to get a title shot. Then he goes out there. They make him go out there and fight uh, Fabricio Verdum, one of the scariest guys in the heavyweight championship history. Make him go down to his home country, to Brazil. Make Stipe fight him in Brazil. He goes out there and KOs uh, Verdum in the very first round. Defends that belt for two years. Has to fight the 205-pound champion in a super fight. He gets dealt with. And now, honestly, it seems like they don't care. They really treated it like it's like, uh, you know, what have you done for me lately? And um, he's demanding a rematch. Yo, you're not going to get it, son. I'm be honest with you. And I call you son because I want you to shine like one, homie. <laughs> Shout out to Wu-Tang and Meth for those of us who know. Um, I really, really, really would love to see this rematch. But he's not going to get it. Reason he's not going to get it because Daniel Cormier has also paid his dues. And now he wants to get paid. And you know what, man? I want that black man to get paid. He deserves that paycheck. So, um, here, here's a silver lining. Stipe is young enough and he is still the best aside from Daniel Cormier at that division. I would love to see him fight Curtis Blades. Make it a number one contender fight. After March, Daniel Cormier is going to retire. DC, can, I mean, uh, Stipe could easily win the belt again. Give 
to him. Let him fight Curtis Blaze later on this year in a number one contender fight. He might be pissed off about it, but whatever. Fight him. Then he gets to fight pretty much for the vacant chip um, after DC retires. Let that happen. It shouldn't be a big deal. All right. Um, in the world of boxing. Um, so, again, we talked about this a little bit, but at the Dyson event uh, in New York, Anthony Joshua and Drell, Big Baby Miller, had a heated exchange. Um, look, man, I'm not even going to spend that much time on this. It was fun. Uh, Drell Miller, um, who is one of the best heavyweight boxers in the world, um, he is also promoted by Eddie Hearn, who is promoted, who promotes Anthony Joshua. Um, he's been wanting that fight. He's been calling Anthony Joshua out all over the place. He's been flying to London, calling him out. So he was in uh, at Madison Square Garden. So absolutely, he was there. My man's is from Brooklyn. So he went out there and he called out uh, Anthony Joshua. AJ didn't appreciate it, but whatever. It was fun to see. And... Um, would I like to see that fight? Yes. Do I believe it's going to happen? No. Um, I don't think that uh, Eddie Hearn is going to put uh, Anthony Joshua in any real danger until he really gets an opportunity to fight um, Deontay Wilder in the future. All right. Um, but with uh, Eddie Hearn, I want to bring this up. He ended up making two gigantic signings, um, and uh, they're going to be Dazun exclusive fighters, which is incredible. So uh, Eddie Hearn just signs Jesse Vargas, who ended up getting a draw with. Um, uh, um, he said he about them billions. Uh, wow, blanking on his name, whatever. Uh, but he just got a draw in his last time out. Um, Jesse Vargas, his record of 28, 2 and 1 at welterweight. And he also goes there. He went out there and signed as well um, the uh, number one contender uh, at middleweight uh, with a record of 25 and 0, Demetrius Andraj. And those who don't know him, really colorful character. Uh, he goes out there and, and, and trolls and and he, he has like that WWE type of like uh, promos. Um, very, very skillful fighter. Um, doesn't have that much uh, KO power, but really, really top flight uh fighter so eddie hearn salute to you he continues building an incredible stable of fighters i mean think about this he eddie hearn currently under his uh stable has Jarrell miller anthony joshua jesse vargas demetrius andrage um and uh dude just 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 that in itself is is ridiculous, man. Um, he's doing the great things, and I can't wait to see the matchups that Dazen and um, I don't know if it's Dazen or Dazan. I literally heard Scott Coker, Eddie Hearn, and like four other people at their press conference this week called it like four different things. So hope they figure that out. Uh, but yo, it's been it's been great, and uh, excuse me, and I cannot wait to uh, see what they do in the future. Um, all right, you're listening to the Fight Podcast. Um, Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. I am your host, Serge Vicente. All right, um, now moving on. Uh, this weekend's past fights, uh, the fights we have coming up in boxing, we, we don't really have anything popping. So, uh, on the boxing side of things, but uh, there is a lot of action in the MMA world. All right. 
This Sunday from Hamburg, Germany, UFC Fight Night is headlined by Fabricio, not Fabricio, I'm sorry, uh, Shogun Hua versus Anthony. I'm calling him, I'm dubbing him Anthony the Legend Killer Smith. Uh, uh, He just went out there and KO'd uh, the former champion and legend Rashad Evans. And now he's going out here and fighting um, Shogun Hua, who is another former champion and legend. Now, this card is actually pretty great. So uh, let me just jump into it. Um, The main event, uh, the odds for the main event is... uh, Actually, Smith is uh, favored. Uh, he's a minus 225. Uh, Shogun is a plus 190. Um, yo, this fight I'm really interested in. Uh, uh, Smith is an absolute killer. He's 29 and 13, and it seems like he's coming into his own. He's a super young dude, but crazy amount of experience. Um, but... Uh, but those of us who believe this young gun would just go out there and blast out that grizzled vet, yo, Shogun has a record already of himself. He's a legend, 25 and 10, and he's a former champion of Pride, the youngest Pride champion, and a former UFC champion. He's currently on a four-fight win streak, and if he wins this fight, he has a shot at the 205-pound chip. Yo, that's mind-blowing. Like, I cannot believe that Shogun is still doing work. Um, so check it out. Um, I'm actually really uh, interested in this fight. And uh, let me actually bring the numbers up for you guys. Uh, this fight is going to be fun, man. So, all right. So these dudes, so both of these guys, um, their average stats, both of them land about per minute, they land about three and a half shots. Um, Shogun tends to land at a higher percentage. Um, He lands at 51% while Anthony Smith lands ideally at 44%. Um, both men have pretty good defense. Um, they only uh, absorb about two shots per round. Um, so defensively 50 to 60% on both guys grappling wise. Now this is interesting. Um, they actually average now Shogun averages, which I didn't even realize, uh, two takedowns, 2.17 takedowns, uh, per fight, which is great. Um, and, uh, he has a takedown accuracy of about 50%. Uh, his takedown defense on the other hand is about 45%. Um, on the other hand, Anthony, the Lionheart Smith, uh, same thing. doesn't really take people down, but his takedown accuracy ooh, is only about 27%. And his, uh, take or his takedown accuracy is only 27%, but takedown D is, um, is about 50% in its own right. Um, so that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't, I believe this fight is going to be a stand up war. Uh, Shogun is known for his gritty, um, 
in your face Muay Thai style smashing leg kicks huge overhand shots and when he gets you hurt he swarms um, one of the most aggressive fighters you will ever find um, Anthony Smith is more of a technical but same he's a sniper big knees big elbows and he does more of his work from the outside also lands big kicks but he tends to have his kicks more to the body huge shots so i can't wait to see what happens in this fight i personally believe anthony smith will continue his legend killer run and win this fight via ko all right uh, Glover Teixeira um, and Corey Anderson are going to co-main this fight. Um, should be inter- inter- interesting. Um, this is the number three versus the number nine ranked uh, light heavyweights in the world. Glover Teixeira is 27 and six and Corey Anderson is uh, 11 and four. Uh, both men have an incredible grappling background. Um, and, uh, it should be a good fight. So, uh, both men have a great grappling background, like I said, and they both have incredibly heavy hands and finish the fight standing. Corey Anderson is actually two and two in his last four, but he he also won his last fight against a super tough and heavy handed also grappler, uh, Pat Cummings. Uh, the former tighter challenger, uh, Glover Teixeira, might not be as good as he once was, but he's still better than the most at the 205 division. He's also 2-2 two two in his last four, but two of those losses were against guys at the top of the division in Rumble Johnson, who Anthony Rumble Johnson, aside from Glover Teixeira, or not, I'm supposed to say, aside from Daniel Cormier, was the best in the world. Daniel Cormier, I talked about it last week, could be the greatest of all time. So he got beat by one of the guys who could possibly be in one of the top 20 greatest of all time conversations in Rumble Johnson. Yeah, I said it. Rumble's a man, beast, and he's going to come back. Mark my words. Um, But uh, he only lost to um, Rumble Johnson and Alexander Gustafson, who is the number one contender at 205. And he's continually vying for a title shot. So um, it seems like Glover runs through guys who aren't in the top, but gets worked by guys at the top. So this fight, we're going to see one of two things. Is Glover still a top dog or is Corey Anderson elite? Or is it just going to be a fun fight? So, um, I, this is a pick em fight. I, I think Glover to share is still going to be a little bit too much. Um, unless father time touched him on the shoulder already, but we'll see what ends up happening. All right. Uh, the rest of the fight card, um, I, I I'm not, there's a really going to jump into, uh, but, um, those last three were really the, the co-main and the main were the ones I really want to touch on. All right. All right, um, we're we're uh, winding down, but uh, our IG story poll of the week is so I pose the question. So each week on our Instagram stories, I pose the question, and this week's question is: Is the UFC better off without Dana White? Um, people know that, the, and I'm going to talk about this in a moment in my hot takes. But I asked the question. 57% of my listeners said yes. They said, get Dana White up out of here. They said, get up out of here, Dana. So, um, I'm be honest with you, I agree. 
Um, it seems like he's gotten them as far as he can. Uh, look, the UFC's numbers have dropped and he continually insults his athletes. What other organization or place in the world can the CEO go out there and just trash? Oh, well, the United States president does it, but aside from our government <laughs> and the UFC, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. So Dana White goes out there and just completely trashes his people and the product shows it. People are leaving to Bellator. Bellator is rising and um, it seems as if the UFC could do better with somebody else, a real true businessman at the helm. So I agree with everybody and uh, hey, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I'm with you guys. 50, I'm with the 57%. All right, this is the Fife Podcast, and you're listening to, and these are my hot takes for episode 22. All right, uh, hot take number one, TJ Dillashaw, the UFC Bantamweight champion, on an interview um, recently said that with a win against Cody Garbrandt in his rematch in two weeks will make him the greatest fighter ever at 135 pounds. And you know what? I agree. I'm be honest with you. TJ Dillashaw, in my opinion, is the number three pound for pound. Eh, I say number four. Um, I say he's the number four pound for pound um, fighter in the world. Number one is Daniel Cormier. Number two is Demetrius Johnson. Number three is a healthy Max Holloway. And to me, number four, you got to throw TJ in there. Um, level of competition um, and just what he's done. He's he's an incredible, he's just a beast. One of the most well-rounded guys in the world. The only blemish that we can really see is him against uh, the former champion and people who might believe that Dominic Cruz is the best ever at that weight class. I don't think so. No. Dominic Cruz has not fought consistently over the last five years. Yes, he, quote unquote, and I'm throwing my air quotes up now, he won against TJ. But we all, who all of us who have seen the fight, aside from the three judges, or two out of the three judges down there, believe that TJ won the fight. And I'm be honest with you, if they competed again, I wholeheartedly believe that TJ finishes that fight. With him going out here, beating not only Cody Garbrandt in the rematch, but we forget he went out there and lost to Rafael Asensio and avenged that loss, just completely walked through him. Completely walked through him. John Lineker, somebody who was knocking fools dead at 135 pounds, he treated him like he was just a scrub. TJ Dillashaw is one of the greatest fighters of all time. But not only one of the greatest fighters of all time, he is the greatest 135-pound champ of all time. I'm standing on that. That's hot take number one. Hot take number two. This has been getting a lot of uh, love this week. So someone who I am often critical of, uh, Brennan Schaub, ended up getting a little bit of Twitter back and forth uh, against Dana White, the UFC uh, uh, president. Dana goes crazy on... Uh, Instagram post, uh, Israel Adesanya, a uh, style bender, went ahead, misunderstood something that Schaub said on one of his shows. Um, he said something along the lines of, look, 
<laughs> something along the lines of uh, uh, kickboxers who believe coming from kickboxing and don't do their due diligence in really studying and learning grappling and taking a couple of actual MMA fights and just jumping into uh, MMA and thinking they're going to win is not intelligent. Stylebender thought that he was talking to him, so he made a post about uh, Brennan on his IG. Now, Israel Adesanya is not that guy. I've talked about him at length. Great kickboxer, but he's also done his due diligence and has actually competed in MMA extensively before he went ahead and moved to the big organizations. So that man's ready. And I personally think he's going to end up being a champ. But this beef... Dana goes out there and just lights um, uh, Brendan up on uh, on Instagram. Says that he's uh, he was a nobody. Dude is a scrub. He he didn't you know he couldn't hack it in the UFC and a whole bunch of other just nasty things. Brendan responded, but um, this this is what I want to say about this. And again, I'm gonna go back on Dana. What CEO of what company goes out there and trashes his employees and former employees? What scrub does that? Look, man, this is something that so so uh, Brandon goes out there and pretty much is like, yo, what are you doing? I'm giving you business. I talk about your fights, your organization. You should be thanking me, man, and not throw me under the bus. So I agree with Brendan on that. And honestly, I'm going to end my, this hot take on saying, yeah, man, dude needs to, uh, to get his life together. He needs to step away from the sport. He needs to step away from the UFC. The UFC is, is, is ready. It's ready to grow. It's ready to do something completely different from what it's done in the past. And um, and, and just, he, he, he's done a great job. He has. Dana White has done great things for the sport of MMA. But now he's taking away from it. Doing things like signing Brock Lesnar and having giving him an immediate title shot when we know he's on, you know, those canelo tacos well we know that for a fact you're still gonna give him an opportunity all he's doing his thing is based on money and he's all he's doing is things that are based on fear mongering his athletes don't want to speak up because they're afraid he's going to take food out of their mouths who does that why would anyone want to compete with him or compete for him Look, Francis Ngannou, somebody that he really championed when he was knocking fools dead. Dana White, after the, the, which, don't get it twisted, it was an abysmal performance. And even Francis admitted it. Dana White ripped him at the post fight. Who does that? Dana White has never stepped foot into a cage or a ring in his life to actually go out there and compete. And for you to talk about men and women who are actually fighting to put food on their table is completely disgusting. And if that is what you do, you gotta get up out of here. So 100% Dana White, the UFC has moved beyond him. The owners at WME, ESPN, all of the powers that be, Disney, 
This is not who you want representing you or your sport. Dana White gotta go. And until Dana White, until as long as Dana White is there, you guys are always gonna stay at a specific level. And if Dana White stays, mark my words. And I cannot wait to talk about this in the next few years. Yo, Bellator is gonna catch you. And not only is Bellator gonna catch you, it's gonna be a wrap, son. They're gonna catch you and they're gonna pass you and all of your top prospects and athletes are going to go there. So um, that is my last hot take for week 22. Dana White gotta get up out of here. All right. Yo, yo, this has been a long show today. Uh, this is about all I have for today. Um, I'd like to thank Raytheon Super Stats for being on this week's show. And make sure to check them out on social media. Raytheon Stats on all social media platforms. Next week, uh, we have another exclusive. In fact, I can tell you who it is right away. Next week, we have newly signed Bellator um, contender. Ricky Bandejas. We have um, exclusively on the show. I cannot wait for you guys to hear that interview. It's super fun. He's a great dude. And uh, that is going to be on next week's show. Um, this is Serge Vicente. Thank you guys so, so much for joining me on episode 22 of The Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply for co- promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at serge vicente support the show by checking us out on the and remember it's selling out fast purchase merch today thank you again and i will see you next time here on the fight podcast <laughs> appreciate you guys as always peace out